Welcome to the Dew of Heaven service with Reverend Brian Krumah. Reverend Brian Krumah brings you powerful and practical teachings of the Word of God, which is able to save your soul. Reverend Bright currently pastors the Bronx North Branch of the Kodesh Family Church in New York City, a church full of love, joy, and enthusiasm for the Lord. We pray that this message brings hope and light to your life. Listen and be blessed. Thankful and grateful for this moment in your presence. We pray, Lord, that you give us of your spirit to minister to us, teach us, Lord, new things that we did not know before. Show us new things that we have not seen or heard before. We are grateful, Lord, for your Holy Spirit and your mighty anointing. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Wow. Clap your hands together for the Lord. And you may be seated. You've taken away my value. If you can give it back to me. Hallelujah. Well, tonight I want us to continue with a message on the good work that God has begun in you. We want to continue with our message. And um, I want us to read our foundational scripture in Philippians chapter 1 and verse 6. Philippians chapter 1 and verse 6. It says, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Being confident of this very thing, this very thing, being confident. Now, whenever the Bible is telling us to do something, it means there's a tendency for us not to do it. Do you understand? If the Bible says, be confident in this, it means there's a tendency for you to feel or have no confidence in the fact that God is doing even anything good in your life. That means when you look at your life at a certain stage, when the process of good work is at certain stage, which by your assessment, it is not good, you may feel that there is no good work being done in your life. Hallelujah. Do you understand what I'm sharing? But the Bible says being confident of this very thing, this particular thing, that God has begun a good work in you. Be confident of that. That whatever stage it is in your life, it is a process. It has reached a process. He is not done yet. But he says, be confident of it, that he which had begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. So the good work will continue until Jesus comes. Or until you die and meet Jesus. Whichever comes first. (laughs) Amen. But the good work is continuing. Good work is continuing. And we are sharing about the different areas that God is doing a good work in us. And we talk about the good work that God is doing in our spirit or in our hearts. Amen. And then we talk about the good work that God is doing on our souls. Hallelujah. And we talk about the good work that God is doing on the flesh. The flesh, the flesh is a very dangerous part of the human being. Very dangerous part of the human being. Amen. And we, we talk about the different aspects of the flesh. We talk about the sinner's flesh or the unbeliever's flesh. The sinner's flesh or the unbeliever's flesh. That is the flesh that is happy about sin. That is the flesh that does sin. The wickedness of man in this stage is a flesh that has no remorse when it sins. 
has no constraint. It sends freely and it enjoys sin. And he boasts of sin. That is the kind of flesh, the unbeliever's flesh or the sinner's flesh, it boasts of sin. When it, it, it sins, it boasts of it. Do you understand? And there's no remorse. Then we talk about the uncontrolled Christian flesh. Uncontrolled Christian flesh. So there are Christians who also have uncontrolled flesh. And their flesh will also do the same thing like the unbelievers' flesh. Do you understand? That is a Christian who you see drinking alcohol and drunk and falling down and being arrested for drunk driving and all kinds of things. Does it happen to Christians? Oh, yes. Yeah. Do you understand? Those are the, that's a Christian with an uncontrolled flesh. The flesh is never under any restraint. Meanwhile, the person is a Christian. And then we talk about a Christian with a controlled flesh. The Christian with a controlled flesh. That is the one who has the upper hand over the flesh. That is the one whose spirit is leading constantly. Every now and then there may be a little slip where the flesh may take a lead, a little lead, but your effort is always to lead the flesh. Do you understand? Your effort is always to have control over the flesh. When you have the controlled Christian flesh, then the scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 27 is fulfilled in you. Which Paul says, but I keep my body under. My, I keep under my body. That means he suppresses the body. He says, I keep under my body and bring it into subjection. That means I bring it into order. I bring it into subjection. I control it. Do you understand? That is the controlled Christian flesh. He says, otherwise, even as a preacher, if I'm not able to do this, afterwards, I myself will be a castaway. If I'm not able, if I don't have ability to suppress the flesh, if I don't have the ability. 1 Corinthians 5, uh, 9, 27. He says, but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. Do you have the New Living Translation? It says, I trained my, or I, I, I trained my body like an athlete. Isn't it so? Let's see. It says, I discipline my body like an athlete. I discipline my body. Do you understand the word of God? To you have to discipline the body. The body needs to be disciplined. You have to discipline the body. No one can do it for you. Do you understand? No one can do it for you. That is why you will find, for instance, doctors who advise people and say, you don't have to smoke. Smoking is bad for you. And they tell you with all sternness and with all seriousness. They say, do not smoke. Do not drink. Do not do this. Don't do this. Don't overeat. And they advise you to lose weight. And they are overweight. Have you seen that before? Yeah. There is a... I shouldn't say. <laughs> do you understand what I'm sharing with you? Yes. They tell you to lose weight. And they are angry at you that you are not losing weight. And then you come and then they weigh you and then you have gained some more weight. And they are angry. They are angry that they have devised a plan for you, a diet plan for you, and you are not following. Do you understand? It's not easy. <laughs> and they themselves. <laughs> so it says, I discipline, you have to, you have to. Not, a doc doctor cannot do it for you. It says, I discipline my body. I tell my body what goes in and what comes out. You can't have certain things. You cannot have this. You cannot sleep at this hour. Do you understand? I discipline my body. You can't say you are cold. I, you are dressing up. You are going. Do you see? You have to discipline the body like an athlete. You see, like an athlete, 
Do you think they enjoy the exercise? It's not easy. <laughs> it's not easy. It's not easy. It's painful. You feel pain. When you are exercising, you feel tired. It's not an enjoyment, but you feel a need to do it. So he says, I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Training your body to do what it should. Training your body to rise up at 4 a.m. as it should. Training your body to pray as it should. You have to train your body to fast as it should. Is it expected of us to fast? Is it easy to fast? But you have to train your body to do that. Do you understand? That means you always have to have control over what the body wants to do. And last week we shared so many things about the flesh. We, said, we shared so many things about the flesh. Do you understand? And you don't, if you are, allow the flesh to lead, if you allow the flesh to lead, you, as a real Christian, you feel you always will have guilt. As a real Christian, you will always have guilt. And you will never be happy. There is an internal conflict constantly when you allow the flesh to lead. You will always have an internal conflict if you are a true Christian. You realize you are not happy. Do you understand? You realize that you are rude and you are not happy. You realize that you are not bendable, we don't take instructions, and you are not happy. You feel, even you feel separated. You feel, separ- you feel different if you are a real Christian. If you have a controlled Christian flesh or you are a Christian. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? Because if you have a controlled Christian flesh, then the regulations should work. And you should be able to discipline the body. Sometimes you feel like being rude. You feel like insulting someone. You feel like walking over someone. You feel like rolling your eyes. You feel like, doing, you feel like showing your face in a certain way to show that I am, I, you are nothing to me. Do you understand? You feel like saying one or two things. The way you are doing, you feel like saying something. But you see, there's an internal, there's a, another inner man that says, sister, brother. Do you understand? And then you, you, you go angry. The, the flesh is very angry that you didn't allow me to say something. Do you understand? But in the end, you feel peace. Do you understand? That is why the scripture says, as much as depends on you, let there be peace. And it always depends on you. Amen. Yeah. So you need to discipline this flesh. Amen. And then we talk about the resurrected flesh or the glorious flesh. And we said this is the ultimate flesh. This is the ultimate flesh. This is the state of the flesh when God has completed the good work he has begun on the flesh. This is the ultimate, the resurrected or the glorious flesh. Amen. And so we said that this current body, this current body is not the glorious flesh. This current body is not the one that we are going to live in, in the heavens. When we go to heaven, we, are, we will have heavenly body or the resurrected body or the glorious body. And it is not this body. And for that reason, we should not spend all our energy and our time polishing and feeding this flesh. Do you understand? And minding this flesh so much that this flesh needs to be warm. It can't go in the cold. This flesh needs to sleep and have good 8-10 hours of rest. This flesh has to do, we don't have to feed this flesh and prepare this flesh because we're not taking this flesh anywhere. At the expense of the spirit. That is. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? Yeah. Hallelujah. Then we began talking about, I said I was giving you seven dimensions of the human spirit. Seven dimensions of the human spirit. And I, I, I shared with you that God is doing work on the different components of the human being. 
we read a scripture in 1 Thessalonians 5 and 23, and we said, And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly, and I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. All these components, the spirit, the soul, and the body, God is working on, and in the end, ought to be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so we said that the human body has these components that need to be worked on. It has all these three components that need to be worked on, and God intends to work on all these parts. Sanctify all three components. Hallelujah. Do you remember we shared all of that? Yes. And then I was sharing with you that it's important for the Christian to understand what has really happened to you. What has really happened to you. That a divine surgical procedure has happened to you when you become born again. And that it's important that we know. It's important that we know what has happened to us. Else, we continue to live a life as someone in whom nothing has happened. Do you understand? And I was giving you examples. I was giving you examples. For instance, you, are, you have a broken leg. You have a broken leg, and we fix it. We put you under anesthesia, and we fix it. We put rocks and everything, and we fix it. And you wake up. You wake up, your leg is fixed, but you continue to walk with crutches because you don't know that the, the leg has been fixed. And you continue, you never want to put this leg down because you don't know what has happened. But you ought to know that the leg is now fixed and what has been done with it is able to make you now run or walk without the use of these crutches. And you need to know as you live in that same state, do you understand? So as born-again Christians, we need to know what has happened to us. Else we continue to live as if nothing has happened to us. We will continue living our lives just as we were before we met Christ. Do you understand? And it's important for us to know. Hallelujah. It's important for us to know. We read Second Corinthians 5 and 17 that... When we come to Christ, the Bible says we are a new creature and that old things have passed away and all things have become new. That is an assurance that the one who did this divine operation is giving you. If the doctor is telling you that this is what I have done to you, he's giving you the assurance. He says, when I put you to sleep, this is what I did to you. You should have that assurance Or he's giving you that assurance that you are not the same person who came to me. You are not the same person who walked into my office. From today, you can do A, B, C, and D. Do you understand? That I have put a new heart in you. Perhaps your heart has failed and then they've given you a new heart. And you should know that the heart that you are holding now is a 20-year-old person's heart. And it's not the same old heart that you had that was not working, that was causing swelling in your feet, and when you walk, you are tired. So now you have a new heart, but you are not walking because you are afraid that you will get tired and you will pass out because you don't know that you have a 20-year-old heart. You are going slowly. You are walking slowly, and when everyone asks you, you say, my heart is weak. My heart. Meanwhile, you have a strong heart. They say, what? why are you walking like so you are also walking like an unbeliever. And we are asking you, why are you walking like an unbeliever? Why are you sleeping around like an unbeliever? Don't you know that you are now a born again? Something new has happened to you that these things should not be something that you should be doing. Do you understand? That you should be running instead of walking like old heart. Amen. So when we are born again, we ought to know that something has happened to us. Something new has happened to us. Amen. Amen. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8. Did we read that? Let's read Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8. The Bible says, For by grace 
are ye saved through faith. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. We are his workmanship. He said we are saved by grace, not our righteousness, not anything good that we did. Not anything good. We are saved by grace through faith. Constant, do you understand the word of God? And you have to have faith to believe that. You have to have faith to believe that. It is not something that you have done. It is nothing good that you have done that has made you what you are, that old things have passed away. It is through faith. It is through faith. You have not done anything righteous to make you now a perfect person. But through faith, you are now a new creature. Through faith, you are saved. And through faith, you see, if you cannot receive that, then you remain the same. But the scripture assuring you that by faith, through faith, not of works, through faith, you are saved. Through faith, you are a new creature. You have to have that and understand that. For instance, they woke you up. You can see what is inside you now. Now you can see your heart. You have to have faith that now you have a new heart. So begin to run. And when you run, then you realize, I'm not getting tired. When I run, I don't feel short of breath. When I wake up, I don't see swelling in my feet. I don't see like the way I used to be. I don't feel like that. Because now you have put that. Otherwise, you will not believe it. Otherwise, you'll be afraid to run. Otherwise, you'll be afraid to eat salt. You'll be taking water pills when you don't need water pills. And you are drying up. But you have a new heart. Robert, do you understand? Yes. So, it is through faith. It is through faith that you are saved. And the scripture is saying, by this salvation, you are created unto good works. You should be able to do good works. You have to have that assurance. You have to have faith. You have to have faith that you are not the same. You cannot be doing the same thing that you were doing before. Through faith, you can tell the truth, not lies. Through faith. Amen. Amen. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? Through faith, you can be a good husband. You can love a wife. By faith. You can be a submissive wife. By faith. So he says, not of works, lest any man should boast. If it was of works, then people would be boasting. So, it's not of works. It's nothing that you have done. It's nothing that you did. It's nothing that has gained you this. By faith, you are saved. And you believe it. I believe I am a new creature. I believe I am a virgin. I believe I have never done this before. I believe it. I believe it. You say, let's check. Let's check what? I believe I am this. (laughs) I believe it. It's by faith. What are you talking about? Faith is not what we feel and what we, what we can see and what we can examine. I am saying, you can marry me. I'm a virgin. Huh? I'm a virgin. Marry me. Go ahead and marry me. Huh? In Christ. <laughs> Amen. The Bible is giving that assurance. It says you are a new creature. You are a new creature. Old things are passed away. What does it mean old things are passed away? Everything is new. Everything is new. Old things are passed away. All things have become new. You see, when you have that assurance, then you realize that I cannot go back to the old things. I am not the same person. I can't do the same things as I was doing before. I can't. I cannot go back. All things are passed away. I am created unto good works. Now, I am supposed to be doing good works. It's expected of me to do good works. Hallelujah. 
Titus chapter 3 and verse 4. Titus chapter 3 and verse 4. He says, but after that, the kindness and love of God, our Savior, towards man appeared, not by works of righteousness, which we have done. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done. That now I have cleaned myself, I have done this, you know, I have washed myself, I have... Do you understand? It's not of any righteousness by man. He says, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. By the washing of regeneration. Regeneration is to regenerate or to have a formation of a new life. To regenerate. Give us the New Living Translation in this scripture. Titus 3, 4, and 5. It says, Okay. It says, But when God, our Savior, revealed his kindness and love, he saved us, not because of the righteous things we had done. Is it because of the righteous things we have done? Is it because of the righteous things we have done, Nancy? No. He says, not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy, he washed away our sins. He washed away our sins. He washed away our sins. He washed, he, he blotted, he blotted our sins. He covered our sins. That means you can't see them anymore. Yeah, he washed away our sins, giving us a new birth and a new life through the Holy Spirit. God has given us a new life through the Holy Spirit. Can I have an amen? Amen. Wow. God has given us a new life, a new birth, a new birth. Wow. A new birth. Can you say the baby is not a virgin? I mean, you must be, something must be wrong with you. He says God has given us a new birth. So what are you talking about? God has given us a new birth. Amen. Yes. You see, you have to have that about you. Else you fall into the same lifestyle that you were living. You have to have that about you as a born again Christian. You have to have that confidence. God has begun, you see, having this confidence. Be confident in this. God has begun a new thing, doing good work in you. And he says that now that you are born again, you have a new life. You are of a new birth. Amen. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? So on the day that you are born again, you are not the same person again. From that day on toward, you are not the same person again. Are you the same person? The day that they put a million dollars in your account, are you the same poor person? Are you the same poor person? Who five minutes ago you walk into the bank? You are not the same person. So it is not proper for you to now go about borrowing and also asking for five dollars for the train to buy Metro card. Meanwhile, you have a million dollars in your account, but you will go about borrowing five dollars or asking for five dollars if you do not know that there is a million dollars in your account. Amen. So you have a new spirit. And the spirit is created to do good works. It is created to do good things. Hallelujah. So you may ask, Pastor, how come I still do bad things? And I have some terrible feelings. Don't you ask that question. Are you not asking? If I'm born again, how come I'm still having these terrible feelings? And I still do bad things. It is the flesh. The flesh is not born again. The flesh is not born again. So if the Bible is giving you the assurance that you are born again and you are created unto doing good works, now it becomes your responsibility to discipline the flesh 
not to do those things. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? Now it is you to now discipline the flesh because what is born again in you is the spirit. The flesh is not born again. The flesh has the same feelings. The flesh has the same desires. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? The gift of salvation that has come to you is not to the flesh. And you need to understand that. That is why in James chapter 5, I believe verse is it 7, 17, it says, Elias was a man subject to like passion. Or Elijah was a man, I believe 17, James 5 and 17. It says, Elijah was a man subject to like passions. That means when he sees women, he also gets some feelings. Elijah the prophet. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? That he also has some like passion. Just like us, human nature. Just like us, the same feelings. Do you understand? The same desires. Elijah. (laughs) But the Bible says, Elijah, Elias was a man subject to like passion as we are. Just like us. I've been a, just like us. And he prayed earnestly that it might not rain. And it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. I'm showing you what you can do. You who is subject to similar passions. You who also has feelings. You are born again. And you still have... Has, you, sometimes you feel like saying certain things. Sometimes you feel like doing certain things. Sometimes you feel like drinking certain things. Sometimes you feel like touching certain things. Do you understand? Sometimes you feel like doing certain things. The feeling is still there. Amen. <laughs> Why are you looking at me like that? Huh? I don't know why you are looking at me like that. <laughs> yes. You also have the feeling. You also, you also have the sensations. Do you understand? But you can also discipline the flesh such that, yes, you present nakedness before me, but I won't touch you. Because there's something in me that is controlling what wants to touch you. Do you understand? Subject to like passions. But we say, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. There is something that is controlling that sleep and say, no, you are rising up. There is something that should be controlling it. Do you understand? And you should always allow that spirit to lead and to control. Because that spirit, you see, that is why you are born again. That is why when the unbeliever does certain things, there is no guilt. When you do the same thing that the unbeliever does, you walk away with guilt. No one is there, but you are talking inside and you shouldn't have done. Shouldn't have. You can't sleep, but the unbeliever is snoring. Unbeliever is snoring. Done seven women and no guilt. Do you understand? And looking for more. But you just one, you can't sleep for one week. One. Do you understand? One, you can't sleep for one week. Now you are subjecting yourself to hunger, fasting, prayers. You know, just once. Just once. Do you understand? Even, even the pastor, you are afraid to come close to the pastor. The past, perhaps the pastor will sense something, you know? He will sense something. Can I have a witness? <laughs> certain sins, when you commit. Sometimes certain sins, it makes you want to stay away from church for about three, two weeks. So that it sort of, it washes off. You take shower two times a day. You know? <laughs> Amen. 
Sometimes you feel like, you feel like, even you, you have to take shower before you touch the Bible, you know? Like, take shower for like one week before you touch the Bible. Cleansing. Cleanse yourself. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? But the unbeliever doesn't feel like that. The unbeliever can be coming from, and then you come to the church. No, no guilt. But you, there is a spirit that is communicating. It's in conflict with the thing that the flesh is doing. <laughs> Amen. Wonderful. I want to give you the different states of the spirit of man. The different states. Number one, the wicked and unsaved spirit. The wicked and unsaved spirit. Jeremiah 17 verse 9. It says, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? The heart is, is equivalent to the spirit. The heart of man is equivalent to the spirit. So it is deceitful above all things. So the spirit of an unsaved man is desperately wicked. Do you understand? When we're talking about the heart, it's synonymous with the spirit. And we're saying the heart of the unsaved man, that is the man in his state before he encounters Christ. The unsaved man is the one who has not encountered Christ. The Bible says is desperately wicked. The unsaved man is desperately wicked. Hallelujah. Rules and regulations cannot change the unsaved man. When you give rules and regulations and laws, it cannot change the unsaved man. What it does is it restrains the unsaved man. Do you understand? It restrains, it brings certain constraints, but it does not change the unsaved man. Amen. He can be restricted not to do this, not to go here, not to do that. Can have that restriction, but whenever the opportunity presents itself... He does wickedness, the unsaved man. Whenever there is opportunity, he does wickedness when a person is unsaved. That is why children who grow up in, so to speak, restricted homes where there are rules and regulations, they abide by rules, they abide by certain regulations, don't do this, don't do that. When they go out, when they are released to go out, outside of that restraint, They do wickedness. They do evil things. They do wild things. Do you understand? The only thing that can really change a person is the blood of Jesus. That is the thing that can really change a person. That is the thing that can bring that conflict within a person. Do you understand? Not rules, not regulations. People do right by obeying rules and they are satisfied that they have obeyed rules. Not that there's an internal conflict. But what brings that, what brings that change in a person is the blood of Jesus. It's only the blood of Jesus that can change a person. Hallelujah. If somebody understand what I'm sharing with you, that is why you can find, for instance, a well-dressed man, you know, nicely dressed, always wearing suit and tie, some perhaps, you know, soft-spoken CEO of a company, and you hear that he has murdered his wife. Do you understand? Well-behaved man, quiet, soft-spoken, and you hear that he has murdered his wife. Or you hear that he has cheated on his wife in the office. Or is cheating on his wife every day in the office. You see, a lot of the things that we do and don't do is because of the, rest- the constraint within us. Do you understand? When no one can see you, when no one is there, when the flesh is saying, I can do this, and no one can see me, and no one is here, 
there is the spirit that says there is someone who is here for which you, the flesh, cannot see, but the spirit can see, and the spirit can hear, and the spirit can feel, that is saying, don't do this. It is that which comes upon us when we are born again that makes us do the right thing. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? It is that spirit that brings that conflict. So you find a well-behaved person who is not born again, but given the opportunity, when there is no one there, he can easily sleep with a woman that is not his wife. Easily. No one is there. The doors are closed. Or you don't understand what I'm sharing with you? Yes. Bishop was saying the things that we do, you know, it is because of the things that we learn in Christ. The things that we learn in Christ. The things that we, the reason why we treat our wives and we treat our husbands the way we do, the reason why we work and do, behave certain way at work and do certain things is because of what we have learned in Christ. Not because of rules and regulations. Do you understand? That is why even when you, were, you don't want to go to work on a particular day, you feel guilty saying that you are sick because you know you are not sick and your boss cannot see that you are not sick. And you can easily say you are not sick and no one will know that you are not sick. But you can't say you are not sick. You are sick. You can't say that. Do you understand? Because there's another presence that you know is around you or is there. Who knows what you are saying? Even though your boss does not know. Or you don't understand the word of God this evening. Yeah. The unsaved man is desperately wicked. The unsaved man cannot follow the things of God or do the things of God when a man is not saved. The unsaved man cannot easily travel a distance to go to church. The unsaved man cannot do that. The unsaved man cannot easily stay up all night to pray. So you find a lot of people in church, but they are not truly saved because they can't easily do the things of God. But the one who is saved, the one who's, who has the spirit, is the one who does the things of God. Do you understand? That is why certain people, it's, not, it's unheard of that they will come to pray all night. They cannot do that. They cannot do that. The unsaved man does not easily follow the things of God. Amen. The unsaved man does not easily forgive when he's wronged. He does not forgive when he's wrong. Or you don't know that. The unsaved man does not love his enemy. He does not love those who hate him. Or you find people who love, they easily love people who hate them. It is the, it is the safe person who will pray for even those who hate them. It is a safe person. Amen. Amen. Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1 and verse 18. You want to read that from the New Living Translation for the sake of time? Romans chapter 1 and verse 18. Verse 18, 1, 8. All right, let's, you know what, just, let's go to verse 16, so you get um, what, what we are reading. Verse 16, it says, For I'm not ashamed of this good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes, the Jews first and also the Gentile. This good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight. This is accomplished from start to finish by what? By what? From start to finish. This work that God is doing, from start to the finish, it is by faith. It is by faith. If you can't have faith to accept it, it can't work for you. It is by faith. From start to finish. You see, this is accomplished from start to finish by faith. As the scripture says, It is through faith that a righteous person 
has life. It is through faith. It is through faith that a righteous person has life. But God shows his anger from heaven against all sinful, wicked people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. I'm talking about the unsaved spirit. He says, God shows his anger from heaven against all sinful, wicked people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. They suppress the truth. They don't accept the truth. They suppress the truth by their wickedness. They don't, uh, they don't accept the truth. What is the truth? They know the truth about God because he has made it obvious to them. God has made the truth obvious to everyone. It is obvious to everyone. The scripture says, For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky. Have we not seen the earth and sky? Have we not seen the mighty things that are within the earth and the sky? He says, Through everything God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities. His eternal power and divine nature. We can clearly see. We can clearly see the invisible qualities. Even we can't see him. We can clearly see the invisible qualities of God. Just by looking at the creation. Just by looking at the creation. Just by looking at the things that God has made. We can clearly see that there is someone behind all of this. There ought to be a supreme being behind all of this. This will not just all happen by accident and working in order. Working in order that all of this is just by accident. That no one is behind this. No one is behind the formation of the brain. No one is behind the formation of the kidney, the heart, the way the heart works. No one is behind it. This, all of this just happened. No one is behind. No one put a thought to it that the organ called the heart must have different muscles. Different muscles from the skeletal muscles that it ought to be the kind of muscle that beats non-stop. Can't take break. Because it is such an organ which if it takes breaks, the being ceases to live. No one put a thought in this. It just happened. And put chambers in it that it ought to have different chambers to have different, different functions in each chamber to do different things. No one has to put a thought to this. Beloved. But we believe that well, we cannot, we cannot, you cannot accept it if I come to tell you that this microphone that I'm using it just came, you know, out of some big bank and it came. And if I tell you that you can't, you, you, you would think that I am mad. If, if I show you a beautiful Mercedes Benz and I say there was a big bank and it just appeared. And if I tell you that, you would think that I am mad. But you are not mad if I tell you that the complexity of your kidney and your heart and your brain was created by some supreme being and not a big bang that you can accept that the ocean should be the way it is and it can never overflow to destroy the earth that you can accept that it can flow to a certain limit and it goes back that you can accept that it, it, it just happened as deep as the ocean is Deep as the ocean is. It has not destroyed the earth. The earth is still standing. That you cannot accept. So he says, forever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky. Through everything God made. The trees. How the tree, how, the, how it works. How roots set fought to bring nutrients to the tree and rises and all the cells that are in the tree. And that we can, he says, through everything God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing. No excuse for not knowing God. We have no excuse for not knowing God. Yes, they knew God, 
but they wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks. And they began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. Foolish ideas, such as God is a big bank. Foolish ideas like that. God is son. Foolish ideas. As a result, their minds became dark and confused. Are you with me? The next verse, it says, Claiming to be wise, they instead became utter fools. Claiming to be wise. Claiming to be wise, they instead became utter fools. And instead of worshipping the glorious, ever-living God, they worship idols made to look like mere people and birds and animals and reptiles. You see, this particular thing should tell you that we all have that thing in us, that there is a being. There is God. There is a being. And that is why everywhere you go, instead of people acknowledging, it says, and instead of worshipping the glorious ever-living God, everywhere you go, people have idols. People have created something to represent this being. Instead of accepting God, everywhere, every group of people, every group of people, they have, they have carved things, reptiles, snakes as their God. They have scorpions as their God. They have all kinds of things. I'm reading the Bible. I am reading the Bible. Lion as their God. A cat is a God. A stone is a God. It says, the next verse, so God abandoned them to do whatever shameful things their hearts desired. I'm talking about the unsaved spirit. He says, God abandoned them to do whatever shameful things their heart desired. As a result, they did vile and degrading things with each other's bodies. Vile and degrading things. When, when God gives you up, he says, God gave them up to reprobate minds. And they did degrading things with each other's bodies. They traded the truth about God for a lie. So they worshipped and served the things God created instead of the creator himself, who is worthy of eternal praise. Amen. Amen. Who is worthy of eternal praise. The creator who is worthy of eternal praise. That we ought to praise him. They instead worship the things that the creator has made. Such as people worship the sea. People worship rivers. People worship the moon. People worship mountains. People worship stars. So the next verse, verse 26, he said, that is why God abandoned them to their shameful desires. Shameful desires. Even the women turn against their natural way to have sex and instead indulge in sex with each other. I'm talking about the spirit of the unsaved man. When they don't have God in them. This is when God gives you up for, to a reprobate mind. He says, that is why God abandoned them to their shameful desires. Even the women turn against the natural way to have sex. And instead indulge in sex with each other. And the men, instead of having normal sexual relations with women, burn with lust for each other. Men did shameful things with other men. And as a result of this sin, they suffered within themselves the penalty they deserved. As a result of this. You see, let me tell you, anyone who is subject to this kind of life, there is, there is a, it says, they suffered within themselves. Within themselves. There's no joy. I'm telling you. Believe the Bible. Believe the Bible. There's no joy. There is no joy. You see them outwardly, lively, outwardly, doing all kinds of things, exaggerating themselves and doing all kinds of things. Inally, they are suffering internally, I'm telling you. Internally. Internally. There's no inner peace. And I know few. Do you understand? Yeah. 
I know a few. Say men did shameful things. Shameful things. With other men. And as a result of this sin, they suffered within themselves the penalty they deserved. There's a penalty. When God abandons, God gives them up to a reprobate mind. Since they thought it foolish to acknowledge God, he abandoned them to their foolish thinking and let them do things that should never be done. These things ought never to be done. Ought never to be done. If we all were to tend to live lifestyle like that, then where would children come from? (laughs) So tell me, where would then we will all be eradicated from the world? But he says he created the heavens and earth. He made a man and a woman and said, be multiplied and replenish the earth. So this is against God's creation. So if we are all to live like that, if we all decide that now this is the mode of, where will we be? So we will all turn 80s and 90s and we will be vanishing. Isn't that so? So where would you get a partner from? If I don't marry and have a baby, where would you have a partner? Huh? Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? Yeah. Verse 29. Their lives became full of every kind of wickedness. I'm talking about the unsaved spirit. Full of every kind of wickedness. Sin, greed, hate, envy, murder, quarreling, deception, malicious behavior. And gossip. They are backstabbers. Haters of God. Insolent. Proud. And boastful. They invent new ways of sinning. They try to have new ways that they can sin. New ways. What is new now? What is the new thing that we can do? New ways. Let us create new ways. Now we go out naked. Half naked. New ways of sin. And let's call it fashion. Yeah, they have naked days. Isn't that so? Yeah, naked days. That women go bare breast, naked. A whole bunch of them. What a scene. What a world we live in. And men also. Naked day for men. Robert. <laughs> they paint their bodies as clothes. And they walk out naked. New ways of sinning. They have to come up with new ways. What else can we do? They have to make shows called Sin City. This is Sin City. New ways of sin. New ways. New ways of sin. They invent new ways of sinning. And they disobey their parents. They refuse to understand. Break. They refuse to understand. Break their promises. Are heartless. And have no mercy. They refuse to understand. They break promises. And they are heartless. No mercy. They know God's justice requires that those who do these things deserve to die. Yet they do them anyway. Worse yet, they encourage others to do them too. They encourage others. Unsaved people. Unsaved. The spirit of an unsaved man. Desperately wicked. They hate. Do you understand? They have hatred in them. When you, have, when you are a born again Christian, you see, it's difficult for you to hate someone. But there are even people in the church who have hatred. Hatred. And they encourage others, I don't like this one. Hate him also. Hate her also. And I'm telling you, such people, they are not truly saved. They are not truly saved. When you have that salvation, something has happened to you. And it should make you live a certain way. You do good works. Good works. And such people, they are not truly saved. They are not born again. They don't have that spirit. Born again. And so it's dangerous to be around a person who is like this. They are haters. No mercy. You wrong them, they wrong you. Tit for tat. Do you understand? Yeah. And the worst, they say, and they encourage others. 
to do them to inventors of new ways of sinning. Inventors of evil. Amen. Let's read one more scripture and then we can go home. First Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 6 and verse 14. We can keep the same version. 2 Corinthians 6 verse 14. So the Bible says, don't team up. Don't team up with those who are unbelievers. Don't team up with those who are unbelievers. Do not team up. Don't have a team with those who are unbelievers. How can righteousness be a partner with wickedness? It's impossible. How can light live with darkness? Is it possible? What harmony? What harmony? What harmony can there be between Christ and the devil? How can a believer be a partner with an unbeliever? So, you see, if it, it is comparing that Christ cannot have harmony with the devil, just as a believer cannot be a partner of an unbeliever. So, if you are a believer and you are making partnership with an unbeliever, you are marrying an unbeliever, it is as if Christ is now living with the devil. There will be never a harmony. There will be no harmony between them. Do you understand the word of God? The next, he says, and what union can there be between God's temple and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. As God said, I will live in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they will be my people. So therefore, he says, come out from among unbelievers. Separate yourself from unbelievers. Remove yourself from unbelievers. They are wicked. The spirit of an unsaved man is desperately wicked. Who can know it? He says, therefore, come out from among unbelievers and separate yourselves from them, says the Lord. Don't touch their filthy things and I will welcome you. I will welcome you. And the last verse, he says, and I will be your father and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. When you are separated like that, you are special. He says, separate. You cannot have partnership with an unbeliever. You cannot have partnership with an unbeliever. Amen. He's desperately wicked. Yes, a nice gentleman, well dressed, nicely dressed, well educated, six packs, has a good job, and he take he takes you to dinner, and. As soon as you get there, he runs to come and open the door for you. And then you come out. Very nice. And then he takes you inside. And then he takes your coat. As you are taking your coat, he will take your coat for you and hangs it. And then your head is going, <laughs> I have found him. And then you go to the table and then he pulls the table for you. I mean the chair for you. And then you sit down. And then she looks to make sure you are nicely, comfortably seated. Then she comes to sit down and is looking at you. And then you are looking and you are dazzled. You, 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 you are ready to give all your all, your heart plus another one. If you have two. You wish you have a second heart. What kind of man is this that I have found? What kind of man is this? I don't know what to do. What kind of man is this? The Bible says he's desperately wicked. Wicked, 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 wicked. Desperately wicked. That is not a criteria to be partnered with him. The one criteria is, he says, separate yourselves from unbelievers. He says, come out from among them. What are you doing? Come out, come out. Are you born again? No, no, no. Come out, come out from among them. That is the only thing. That is the only thing. He will easily lie to you. He will easily lie to you. He will easily leave you. He will leave you. He will leave you. I'm telling you. He will leave you. Easily. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? 
Believe the word of God. And you'll be saved. Hallelujah. Wonderful. I think we can pause here. Then we continue. Next time we say. Amen. But you are mighty. I say you are great. It says ye are of God. Little children. And have overcome them. Say you have overcome them. Because greater is he. That is in you. Than he. That is in the world. There is something great in you. Than what is in the world. Hallelujah. Stand to your feet and let us bring the service to a close. Great I see. Oh, we are grateful. We are thankful. Father, we thank you. We thank you. In the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Tonight for your word. We thank you, Lord. Father, tonight we avail our hearts in your hand. Remold our hearts. Reshape our hearts. Reform our hearts. Let there be a new heart in us, O God. And Lord, we pray for the strength of the inner man. The power of the inner man to overcome the flesh. That we will put this body under. Oh, Jesus. That we will put this flesh under. We will subject this flesh to do the things it's supposed to do. Give us that strength in the name of Jesus. We are grateful, Lord. We are thankful for your word. Thank you for the wisdom that you have imparted unto us tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now, with all eyes closed and every head bowed, you are here tonight. You want to give your life to Jesus. You want to be born again. You are not born again. You have not received Jesus as your Savior. You want me to pray with you. You say, Pastor, pray with me. I want to receive Jesus as my Lord and as my Savior. If that is your prayer, lift up your hand and I'll pray with you. Is there anyone here like that? Anyone here like that? Father, we are thankful. We are grateful. Anyone here like that? You want to receive Jesus as your Savior. Oh Lord, we are grateful and thankful for the gift of salvation. We thank you for tonight's service. We thank you, Lord. May we continue to walk with you. May we never depart from you, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Clap your hands together for Jesus. And you may be seated. We believe you've been blessed by this timely and powerful message. We invite you to join us on Sunday afternoons for our Duel of Heaven service and Tuesday evenings for our Word Power service. For more messages by Rev. Brent Nkrumah, please subscribe to the QFC Bronx North Podcast or contact us at 929-247-0738. Stay blessed.